And that is one heck of a job. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, everybody. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website at foreverfangirls.com or Instagram at Forever Fanpod. We are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. As you heard from our intro, we will be discussing the latest squeak. Angelina Jolie <laughs> film. I'm squeeing because I absolutely adore Angelina Jolie as an actor. The latest film is titled Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yes, and I also love Angelina Jolie. And so we are going to be doing our usual review with the good, the bad, the cute of the film. And we have a lot to cover. So let's get started with the banter music for those who have not seen the movie yet. Okay, so... We have, oh my goodness, exciting news. <laughs> You're squeeing too? Yes, I am squeeing for this. Yes, uh, yes we have really, really uh, amazing news. It was something that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do another giveaway. And uh, so we have a little bit of a collection. We are not, I'm going to quote Tootsie Roll pop commercials here. Okay. We're not just giving away one or two. We're giving away three. Three Cat Burrell <laughs> autographs. Oh my God. Yes, three. I said three. Yes, so we are going to have Three winners, and we are opening this up to our international listeners. Uh, we're going to, at the end of this episode, tell you more about how to enter, what to pay attention uh, to, so please stay tuned. Yes, and so with that, let us begin our discussion of the movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead. So, this was released simultaneously in theaters and streaming on HBO Max in uh, the U.S. on May 14th. So, uh, go ahead, Kimberly, and read the synopsis from IMDb, please. A teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Dun, dun, dun. No? Okay. <laughs> you know what's really bad is the back of my head? I go, thank you for calling Movie Phone if you'd like to see. Oh, my goodness. Really? <sighs> no. Okay, so let's set this movie up. There are basically two stories that converge um, in this movie. So the one story is of Hannah Farber, who is the firefighter with the Forest Service, and she is haunted by the death of the three kids who died during a forest fire containment operation that she was leading. So that was basically what was um, the snippet. snippet in the trailer. Now, the other story is about Owen and Connor. Connor is Owen's son. And Owen is a forensic accountant who found out something that implicates very, very powerful people. So uh, he and his son go on the run when Owen sees his boss's house blow up in the news. And so during the car ride from Florida to Montana, Owen tells his son that he did the right thing and provided details of what he did in a letter to Connor in case something happened to him. And so this story's 
these two stories intersect when Owen goes to Montana, like I said, to seek out his brother-in-law. And, well, the two assassins named Jack and Patrick are on their tail and eventually they actually kill Owen. Yeah. And then Connor then escapes and tries to uh, find the media to, you know, blow the story apart. Um, and he crosses, Connor crosses paths with Hannah, who is on the watchtower uh, to see if there are any fires around. So to shorten that, X is being chased by Z. X wants to go to A to be safe. A is in Montana. X travels to Montana. Y cuts them off, kills X, and little X finds B. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. squared. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it sounds more convoluted than it is, but bad guys chasing good guy, good guy goes to friends, good guy dies, friends and acquaintances save it. I mean, yes, the shortened version of that. Yes. And also the, the fire is a very big character here. But anyway. Yes. Um, so let us go ahead and start with the good. Angelina Jolie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I first learned, like, I the first movie that I really remember Angelina Jolie in is Tomb Raider. Gia, for me. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't really mm-hmm. see that. Um, but after that, the next film that I think of with her is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So it's like I'm, I, I remember her in action sequence movies, somewhat like thrillerish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was actually expecting like a lot of action sequences here, and and we did get that. Yes, I mean everything I have seen Angelina Jolie do, even in like Girl Interrupted, mm. it's still it. They're they're very strong roles. I've not seen her, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's just every time she's on screen, she she brings this powerful character to life. Yeah. And in this in this movie, you know, she is trying, she's playing a character who is trying to find redemption because, you know, she, in her mind, she let three kids die in the fire because she, she, she calls herself a coward. Yes. Because she didn't see things properly and all of that. But, well, yeah. you know, but you are in charge and- you know, she said, you know, I was in charge and I read it wrong. So there's a guilt that she goes through and it's a survivor's guilt. It's very, it's very yeah. human. Yeah. Um, it's very real. Yeah, it is very, very real. Um, and I just, she shows the vulnerability as well as the strength. So you, I kind of, when I, when I watch Angelina Jolie, you always see she brings like a vulnerability to the character, but she always brings a strength. And, mm-hmm. and in this specific instance, it's really the grit and the determination to face the fear to survive from the beginning when well she was running away from the beginning and exactly so watching that storyline in that trajectory she kills it in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah yes absolutely and i think the the actor who plays connor i'm just thinking okay if i'm a young actor playing opposite angelina jolie i'd be like I'd be forgetting my lines left and right, but um, I, in my opinion, um, the actor who played Connor, his name is Finn Little. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was absolutely excellent in this. You know, he holds his own. Yeah. And the emotion of it still like makes me teary eyed because the emotion that he just 
brought to that scene where he was telling Angelina Jolie is this, are you someone I can trust? Yeah, that's the exact line that I was thinking of when he kind of side eyes and he's wiping the tears from his eyes. And he, it's that it's that instant growth that happens to children when they face trauma. Mm-hmm. And he when he says that line and he's crying, but his lip stops quivering and his he's kind of side eyeing her and he's like, you know, are, are you someone I can trust? Yeah, because he's like he's lost everything at this point. Yeah, you know, he, he saw his father be gummed down. But yet still having the innocence of a child to not really understand, you know, are you someone I can trust? This is someone you just met. Yeah. So it was an interesting play. Yeah. Because um, it, exactly. Like you said, he had to grow up really quickly. In, in a matter, I mean, gosh, in on the car on the way over yeah. when he's like, I did something right and my boss was killed for it. Yeah. You know, he found something. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. The the line also that uh, that got me was that you know when he said he watched his mother die from cancer. I mean, it was just yeah, but you know tragic. it was his whole life like that, right? He's got all this dark, but then for for uh, Hannah sitting across from there, sitting across from the fire to warm up, and Hannah's like, "I watched three kids die. It was my watch. I did this. I did that. It was my fault." And she's she's really guilt like Written, yeah. throwing it out there and saying, "Dude." This is all of my crap. I'm throwing, and, and again, around a fire. So mm-hmm. interesting because the whole film, and, and we'll get into this later, uh, so put a pin in it, but the whole film is kind of revolving around fire for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they say it around a fire and she lights the fire and then they have this conversation. He's like, I watched my father die. Mm-hmm. She explains all this stuff that she went through. And then he goes, well, I watched my mother die of, of fade away and die of cancer. Yeah. And her comment is something to the effect of, you know, I can't be self-pitying around you. Yeah. Because, you know, at 12, he has basically seen his entire family die. Yeah. And, and he has obviously as a child, no control, but also in the case of his father, that was thrust upon him. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it was very sudden with his mother. He watched her slowly fade away. And and the way he um, delivers that line and and emphasizes it, you know, that that took a huge toll on him. And then this, you know, it's like this ripped the scab off and it just it was so shocking. Yeah, it was a fresh wound. But then he turns around and says, we need to keep going. I'm ready. I'm warm now. And he stands up and he wants to put the fire out immediately. They're not ready to face what they have to face, right. they stamp it out. Right. I again, little things like that throughout this film yeah. um, caught me. Yeah. Okay. So, are we good with Angelina Jolie's Hannah character and yes. Finn Little's Connor the two character? Main, yes. Okay. All right. So, the next character that really I I was really drawn to is um, Ethan's wife, Allison, played mm-hmm. by Medina Senghor. I think that's how we pronounce her name. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right. Um. <laughs> I mean, you know, in this film, she actually showed why she was running the survival camp. I mean, she basically used those skills that she was teaching others to survive on her own, you know, and she's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. And these are the two assassins. They come to her doorstep. She immediately realizes what they're doing. And, you know, she's doing everything that she can to get away from them. And... She actually got to use that a little gas thingy canister mm-hmm. and burned the two assassins. So she was burned using, one. She burned 
well, she burned. She burned she one badly. severely. The other exactly. one, I think it was just the flames went in his direction and he dove, didn't he? He, he was also caught with it, but not okay. as badly as the first guy. Okay. As Jack. So, you know, the she was using everything that she had around her. You know, she was outgunned and outmanned, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And she still was able to get away and, you know, put a lot of hurt into them. Yeah. I just have to do a slight tangent. When you said we're outgunned, we're outmanned, all I heard was Hamilton. (laughs) Of course you did. I'm sorry. Um, But yes, she was very resourceful. um, And it it proved why she runs the survival school and and how she does all this stuff. And when he, uh, Jack looks at her and says, you know, you're holding the canister the wrong way. She's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh. But she did everything she had to, to save her life, to save her baby's life. She gave the code word on the phone. She Mm -hmm. had fear, but she found a way to work through it. Um, And to me, she was one of the strongest characters. And I know she doesn't have a lot of screen time. No. But she is one of the more uh, powerful uh, characters as well. Yeah. Um, and, And she takes Jack out. Yeah, she did. With a deer rifle. Oh my God. I was like... You go, girl. And then and then finds her husband who is injured. Yeah. And well, sees... Before we go there, it was actually, you know, when, when you were saying don't trust him, that whole scene where she was trying to not, you know, give the fatal shot, I guess. Yeah. And, you and kept I kept saying, saying, don't trust him. He's got his pistol right. at his side. Don't right. trust him. And he goes to move for it. And she, you know... She finally did She it. takes care I of mean, it. I it, mean, it also shows that she's not... She's not a cold-blooded killer. Exactly. Exactly. It just shows the dichotomy between them, right? It showed the yin and the yang. One being forced to do it and one doing it. In some way, like he said to, uh, I don't know who Tyler Perry's character is except him. Mm. But uh, when he is standing at the barbed wire fence with Tyler Perry, he says they better have the stomach for it because we've got to increase it. And that's when they start the forest fire and that's when they go after him because basically it's a no-holds-barred containment. Right. I actually thought when he said that and, you know, they showed up in her doorstep, I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to kill a pregnant woman. I thought that too, except I thought they would kill her after they got the information out of her they needed. Mm. Yeah. Well. Because that seemed to be their track record. Right. And so, I'm sorry, I cut you off when you were talking about uh, going to save Ethan. you know, Ethan, her husband, ended up, he is the sheriff. He ends up being, um, because of the code word, comes running mm-hmm. um, and then gets caught mm-hmm. by the two assassins. And I, I have to give credit because it's very interesting to me that the ones doing the saving and the more powerful characters are two females. Mm. Um, but he was, uh, I don't remember the actor. Gosh, the, I, the name is eluding me, but I know he was also the Punisher. So I just kept going. <laughs> Punisher. <laughs> Uh, and, and Shane from uh, Walking Dead. But when he sees, when he goes up, you know, he ends up leading and tracking and showing because he's, they, Jack that, tells that him, I skill. have your wife. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know any better. Right. So that's when he finds Hannah's um, post. Tower. I think it was like Tower 217 or something. Mm. He climbs up and he sees her and tells her the truth. You know, they've got sniper rifles trained on me. You cannot stay here. We do. And she's like, well, the, the fire will be here in an hour. That'll get us out of this. He's like, you don't have an hour. Yeah. Doesn't get to explain it because Patrick notices him talking and then opens fire on the entire tower and Ethan gets hit. Right. And 
he has the presence of mind to try to get Hannah and Connor out of there. And Connor is actually his nephew. Yes. Right? That's, a, that's the other tie in here. So I'm just going to uh, move on. I liked the action sequences being peppered in with good storyline and, and dialogue sequences. Yeah. I like the pacing of the film. Like yep. information was actually given to you at the right time because you and I have seen films before where the, you know, the information isn't given to you until the end. And you're like, you know, that would have been nice to know at the beginning to, to continue to be like invested in it. Yeah. I liked the way they laid it out. There was the proper, like you said, proper information being given at the right times. It led you down the right way. You knew there was one of three options. Yeah. So, um, I loved the forest fire because it was treated more like a character than just like an obstacle or a thing. Yes. It wasn't just a thing out there. It was a character. It was personified. Right. Because it was, it was the, the catalyst, if you will, for Hannah where, you know, where she is in, at the beginning of the film, she's basically trying to kill herself. And you actually mentioned it when we were watching it, like she's suicidal. Yep. And, you know, when she hopped on the back of the truck with a parachute, I'm like, ah, that, that, that's not good. No. And then her friends went chasing after her because I don't know if they wanted to stop her or what, but when she says, I don't remember the landing being that way this last year. And they're like, no, no, it pretty much went like that. Right. So obviously she's, she's got this very bad destructive behavior. Mm Um, as punishing, I guess, for everything she feels responsible for. Right. And we were also, you know, in the, in the middle of the film, we were told that the fire happened a year ago. Mm -hmm. And three days later from the fire, she got a a psych eval. Which is ridiculous. I don't, I, that's something that I'm like, "Eh, would they really do it three days later? They might force her into therapy, go for a while, then do a psych eval. Well, they probably needed someone to blame. That could be it, but my my first thought, truthfully, was female in a mostly male-dominated field. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, that makes sense. Yeah. Even though she is loved by her, you know, her... Uh, by her crew. They adore her. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It is still higher-ups are, are different than us on the ground. Yeah. Well, like I said, they needed a scapegoat to blame for the deaths of three kids. <laughs> her comment, though, of, oh, yeah, I'm great, just sitting here in a tower with no bathroom. Yeah. I'm I was like, like oh, okay. Gee. Yeah, that's a bit much. That is a bit much. So, but, but at least, you know, it's it's an excuse to actually get out of the tower. Yeah, but w- in regards to the fire, the idea of fire, fire comes through and if you think about it, it burns away the brush. It burns away everything. Yes, lots of things die in its path. It gets destroyed, yes. Things get destroyed and obliterated, but what happens after the fire? Usually new life grows, usually. Usually. If you look at fire in a symbolic sense, you wipe it clean and you can start again. It hurts, it burns, but you get through it. Yeah. And I'm again, in the you know, philosophical symbolic sense, I really liked how they utilized fire 
even with the little things like she would have her flashbacks to fire when they were over the uh the fire that she created and she was talking mm-hmm. about him making out with girls over fire how he yeah. stamped it out and how well how girls really dig you know kids who can survive create, no create fire no. um how allison used fire to hold you know to ward off the darkness mm. you know as a torch um the fire finishing for Hannah, what she didn't want to do at the end with Patrick. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it was poetic justice for the fire to kill both Jack and Patrick, which is a fire that, that Jack started. Well, Jack was already dead because Allison, but he would be, he would have, he was consumed by the fire. He was, he was, he was removed. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, like I said, it was just poetic justice that, you know, the thing that they were, that they started as a decoy mm-hmm. ended up killing them. Yeah. Taking them away. At the end when they're in the creek and um, Hannah is telling Connor, do as I do and coming up to the surface and just taking a breath and holding her water, and, you mm-hmm. know, going back up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. The fire is above them and jumping. Mm-hmm. So... It's still there. It's always going to be there. It doesn't matter what side of the equation you're on. The pain will still be there. The difference is you find a way to live within it. Mm, I like that. So that's how I perceived it. Yeah. So is there any other good that you liked? Um, well, the only other thing was that I, as we were watching this film, like, oh, where do we know that actor from? Well, well. <laughs> well, well. Well, well, where do we know that actor from? Um, but yeah, the the one um the the actor who played Patrick, one of the assassins. Um I I knew him immediately from X-Men. I just didn't know which character. And I kept saying, "Oh no, he's he played Beast." And no, you're like, like "You don't so. you don't remember the old X-Men movies?" I'm like, "Old ones." I'm like, "These are not the 90s. This is the most recent ones." He played well, Beast. You know what? I remember the the Hugh Jackman version. Not okay, which the was the one. old one. Yes. But what's great is I immediately, I told you to Google it, and you know what that did? What an awkward situation. Because you were proved wrong. <laughs> Those uh, are my only two sound bites. I don't know. I, I couldn't quite hear it. What an awkward situation. Okay, that's much better. <laughs> But yes, I heard it just fine. It was it was quite an awkward situation. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then you know it was nagging at the back of my head. Jake Weber, who played Owen, the father, mm-hmm. and I was like, he is. He looks so familiar. Yeah, and he, I, it was his voice that uh-huh. kept getting at me. And I'm like, and you said it. Where do we know him from? And yeah, so it was I googled bugging him. Me. And then I saw that one photo. I'm like, that one, that's yeah. the photo we remember him yeah. from. And then it turned out he was in medium, mm-hmm. um, also playing the father. Uh, I mean, and then it's Tyler Perry. Yeah. I it's mean, like, is that Tyler Perry? Like, it looks like Tyler, it's Tyler Perry. Perry. I mean, he's a bad guy. I know. It's like, it's kind of look when Tyler Perry's a bad guy, I kind of, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, please don't be a bad guy. <laughs> he is the baddest of the bad. Yeah. But it's like, I I love, I I like Tyler Perry. Anyway, so heading to the bad. A good segue. Look at that. Right? Okay. (laughs) I have a huge freaking issue with one. All right. Now, this film wasn't perfect. All right. And and there's No, it isn't. And there are a lot of reviews out there that are like, this film is so far-fetched, it's ridiculous. Mm. 
I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because if you look at what is going on between the insurrection on the Capitol and everything else, the storyline is plausible. Yeah. And that's really all you need in a film like this. Yeah. However, there are elements within it where I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Jack getting hit with the fire. It is 90% of his face. No, I'm sorry. Well, 50%. 50% of his face. Yeah. And then it is all down his arm. Well, we don't know uh, that. You see the fire on his arm and then you see the fire on his face. Okay. And he's rolling around trying to put it out. But yet somehow he can keep going and hold a gun and shoot accurately. And it isn't until after he beats the living daylights out of Ethan, who we still, again, Ethan is a strong man who has not had any injuries. And all of a sudden Jack has all the strength he needs. And yes, he can knock him down and take him control. I'm like, mm-mm. Yeah, I actually mentioned to you. Wow, he must be in extreme pain right now. And I now. was like, if he was in excruci- if he was in the pain he should have been in, he would have been writhing on the floor and not able to continue. Well, maybe and when he and he's in the tree, he goes, "I'm fading, brother," and and Patrick's like, "I know." Well, you know, I just attribute it to okay. This must be like some kind of Assassin's Creed train and Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, great video <laughs> games. You need to watch me play them more. No, yeah, um, see, like try. Assassin training. Yeah, but you you can't. You I know. Can't Physiologically, stop. it would be very difficult. But I'm also thinking just with between the fact of his skin was all blistered, right? Like it was peeling off and stuff. Take out the fact that it's painful, right? How are you controlling your arm when your skin is like that? How is the sleeve of your shirt looking like, or your jacket looking like it's okay? Yeah, it should have been like melted into your skin. And his his collar of his jacket, like it, there were little things like that where I'm like, he only it literally looked like someone went up to his face, covered the rest of his body with some type of tarp and then just burned his face and then said, okay, we're going to go with that for now. Yeah. Well, that, that was a little like, okay, no. I mean, I could look overlook it because there were so many other things going on, but it's still, it's a pretty big. Yeah. I, like I said, I was telling you that he might be that he's in a world of pain, but anyway, um, what else are the things that you thought are bad? For me, and I don't know if you felt this way, the immediacy, the tension was there for Hannah and Connor and with Jack and Patrick and Ethan on their tail. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tight. However, I didn't feel that fear or anxiety or that thriller-esque notion of what the heck the higher-ups were looking for. Like, I didn't know who was involved. I don't know how high this goes. I know what Owen says, Mm. but I think we should have known, A, who Tyler Perry was, who he was connected to. Maybe Tyler Perry has a phone conversation with a congressman or a judge or something else that would increase the stakes because we don't know how far the forensic accounting went. We don't know who's involved. We're told who's involved of higher ups and big, powerful people, Mm. but Darth Vader's powerful. I don't think he's in this movie. No, for me, I didn't think that at all. Like it for me, it was enough to know that very powerful people are going to be implicated with this and they are going to want to squash it, to squash this in any way possible. It was like a 
a David and Goliath thing where we're trying to watch David scurry away and hope that he does. And Goliath really is the, the assassins. See, I needed more. I uh, needed just a little bit more because it was, like I said, the, the, the tension is there on the lower levels, but I felt like the tension was lost on the higher side, you know? Well, I, I, I thought that that really was not the point of it. It might not have been, but for just a little bit of context, I think they could have mm. put it in a different frame of reference or, you know, again, just Tyler Perry having a phone conversation with whatever going, you know, um, well, whatever you know, members of whatever they could have made up an organization. Yeah. But in the conversation that Tyler Perry's character was having with Jack, he already said, we guaranteed um, absolutes. Yeah. This was not an absolute. So it's it's their reputation that's now on the line. But so so that, that also threw me off, though, because are they an individual organization that was hired by the higher ups? Again, this is something that needed to be a little bit more explained. And for me, I think that it was fine. But that's good. So you have any other bad? The only bad for me is that, and I, I think that... Uh, I read somewhere that this was also one of the things that, that was criticized about this film. It wasn't marketed at all. Like, I did not know that this film was coming out until you told me, oh, we have to see this new Angelina Jolie film. And I'm like, what new Angelina Jolie film? And the only reason I knew, I'll agree with you 100% on that, because the only reason I knew this film was coming out was because I was like, oh, you know, I, I need to look what forever fangirls can cover that's come out. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm due to summer movies, I'd like us to stay somewhat closer to like newer films mm-hmm. so we can re- review some of that stuff and i'm like when what yeah and i mean and that was when i noticed it last week yeah so i you know eh, it's it's too bad because i think that this was a a really well done film it's a fun film mm. You know, it's it's one of those, you go to a movie, if the movie theaters, I mean, I know they're opening up, but if you felt comfortable going to a theater, you could just sit down, have your popcorn, and you don't look at the time on your watch. Yeah, yeah. I certainly didn't. I didn't. So. The only thing I was looking at the watch, and I'm going to give a shout out, is to um, Dr. Tavia Brown-Miller was Yay! hooded today Congratulations. when we're recording. And um, that's the only thing I was checking time for, because I wanted to make sure we paused it so that we could... Watch her. Yeah. Watch her get hooded. Woohoo. All right. Are we good with the bed? <laughs> Are we good with the bed? <laughs> Are, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the cute then. Um, all right. So for me, um, the one scene that w- really got me was when Connor, at the end of the film. Oh, you were when, laughing so much. When Connor was eating the dehydrated meals. And he was making that face. Wasn't it rehydrated? Like they added water to it or something? I, yeah. But yeah. he was mixing it and trying to eat it. Yeah. And he was making that face. And I was like, oh, my dear God. And then you said, that's the face I make when I'm eating something I don't like. I'm like, yes, absolutely. That is the face I make when you've made me eat Brussels sprouts or fish. Fish is good. And so is Brussels sprouts. No, Brussels sprout. No. Especially roasted. Just yum, like, yum, just yum, like yum, asparagus. Yum. When you made me eat that, it was like... <laughs> Like my face all squishes up like I eat a lemon. That's what he looked. It was great. And I just started laughing. I'm like, yeah, I, I do that face. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when he says, you eat this stuff. Yep. 
And then she says, yeah, three times a day. And then he just says, you know, just like a kid, you know, there comes the innocence back. Mm-hmm. It's like, no wonder you're so skinny. <laughs> and then Hannah <Anna> says, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm lean, buddy. I'm lean. So much. <laughs> <laughs> she is actually, but you know, it's just, it, it was a very heartwarming scene after, after all of that. And it was, a, it was an, uh, in between because he literally then goes back to, well, what happens next? Because mm-hmm. the innocence comes back of, okay, I've lived through this and the media. And she's like, well, you're going to do it. And he's like, no, after the interview, what do I do after? Where do I go? I don't know where I'm going to yeah, live. Because his parents are gone. Yeah. And his uncle's gone. I mean, and that's when I looked at you. And I said, well, maybe Allison could petition to take him. Right. Because she's technically the only family he has left. Yeah. And then he would be close to Hannah and the others who mm-hmm. took care of her, uh, him and whatnot, and they would all be like a chosen family. So, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, mm-hmm. uh, when Hannah said the fire was beautiful, she looked into the eye of the fire, and her associate says, you know, what it looked like. She was like, it was beautiful. Yeah, and she had this, like, almost, like... Reverent? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I was, like, thinking of the word. It was just... Oh. Because she came, she faced it, and then she accepted it. And accepted it as being a part of her mm-hmm. because yes. she realized, you know what, this is a beast and this is just going to do what it's going to do. And I just have to accept that it's there. Yeah. Even something that is a monstrosity, mm-hmm. there could be something beautiful about it. So it's it's not all bad or all good. Mm-hmm. So It's life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but what I found adorable and i turned to you and i went oh my god i would say the exact same thing because you would say that the fire was this beautiful thing and i would be connor and connor goes this scared the beep out of me you beeped yourself i beeped myself because i don't want to do it in post and i just looked at at sheila and i literally said this i i feel the same way fire terrifies me and you could sit there and say look how it dances it's so gorgeous and look at all the colors and i'd be like "Mm -mm, i'm out You would. Yeah, well, I mean, but the same token, I, I go, ooh, great hammerheads, let's go. Well, you're I, a water I was, sign, I am and I'm a, a fire sign. sign and so. you are, you see, but it's fitting. You know, we've been in the water with great hammerheads and teeth and, and nurse sharks and stingrays that tried to drown me. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've been in the water with wild animals, and it's just like, cool, I'm mm-hmm. good. But you put me in, like, even, like, a, a backyard, like, fire pit, they make me nervous. But it gives off heat. That makes great. you warm. I'll go inside. Uh, away from mosquitoes. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, do we have any other cute? No, I'm good. Okay. All right, then. So, now that we've finished our discussion of those who wish me dead, it's time for the Forever Fangirl rating. So, drum roll, please. And we give those who wish me dead four stars. Yeah, like I said, I know a lot of people really don't like this movie at all. Yeah, and I'm like... I don't... And and this is just our two cents. You know, it's our humble opinion, but I personally felt the film had it all. It was action, it was drama, it was thriller, there was fire. You know, there was that weird um, time sensitivity tension where you know the fire is coming, you've got to do something. So there was a lot uh, that was done. We watched the behind the scenes um, and seeing how they did certain things. They, They literally built a, a forest yeah. so they could light it on fire to make it real you know I, I, that to me was just it was really mind-boggling cool. i mean were some elements far-fetched and and kind of jumping the shark 
Yeah. I mean, Jack pursuing, you know, Connor when half his face is missing. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't Batman. Um, but overall, I didn't look at my watch. No. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Neither did I. I mean, like I said, it, to me, it was a good story. And the act, Angelina Jolie. Angelina. Squee! Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, it, yes, it kept my attention. And, you know, just like you, I did not, I did not feel that it was an hour and 40 minutes. No. And there are some films that, you know, it's an hour and 15. And I'm like, oh, my good gracious me. There are some episodes of television where you and I have watched. Yeah, it was 40 minutes. It's 40 <laughs> minutes. And we're just like, yeah, can we go now? Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, so that's that. And I, I hope that folks, more folks actually get to see the film because I think that it's worth watching. And I think just take it for what it is. It's, it's not it's not Shakespeare. No. You know, it's just supposed to be an action film, a redemption story, a coming of age story. I think that was all written in the background, the mm-hmm. behind the scenes thing. They said it's three stories that are common. It's the yeah. redemption, the coming of age, and the, I don't remember the third, but it's the evil baddies. <laughs> I'm actually looking at you going, oh, yes, there is a third. I don't remember it either. <laughs> Damn it. Darn it. Yeah, and I'm looking at her like, please, please, please. My eyes pleading. <laughs> uh, uh. So anyway, uh, maybe we'll we'll find that out and put it in the show notes yeah, later. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, <laughs> I, I might forget. Yeah, Well, write it down. You, we're doing a podcast right now, and you want me to stop, get a pen, and write it down? Yes. Oh, that's my wife, folks. Uh, I love you. Yes, you do. Okay, so she wouldn't go to the movies with me to see Spiral. You know what? I really want to see Spiral. Maybe it's going to be released streaming and we can see it from home. I really hope so. That is a film I really want to see. Okay. Well, you know, then keep tabs of it. I will. Okay. All right. So um, that's that's all about the discussion of the movie. Yes. And now what we're going to do is get into the details of how you can win a Cat Burrell autograph. Yay! Woo-hoo. Okay. So... I'm going to say it slowly because otherwise I might, I'm, I speak and eat my words a lot. So I'm going to mm. try to say it slower yeah, so yeah, that yeah, I, yeah, I don't eat my words and it's clear. And I apologize <laughs> if it's still not clear. Because um, again, I eat my words. Rules are going to be very, very simple. We're going to make a post tomorrow on Twitter, May 20th, 2021. You only have to do three things. Just like the Tootsie Roll pop one, two, three. All you have to do is like the post, follow us on Twitter, and post your favorite Cat Burrell gif. If I kind of screwed this up and ate my words and I'm not clear, please do us a favor. Send us a message, uh, a DM uh, at Twitter at Forever Fan Pod, or send us an email at foreverfangirlspodcast at gmail.com. I know some people had issues with our last giveaway because I spoke so fast. So I want to make sure this is clear and I didn't eat my words. Well, you were, you were pretty clear. I tried. So, so uh, to all of our listeners, make sure that you go to the, to our Twitter account at forever fan pod for a chance to win one of three, again, one of three, Three. I'm just going to say three (laughs) cat Burrell autographs. Um, And we want to give people ample time to enter. So we are running this from May 20th, 2021 through May 29th, 2021. And we will announce the winner on our next podcast, 
and on Twitter on June 2nd. So we hope this gives everyone enough time to enter um, to win the autograph. And just a reminder, it is open globally. Yes. So anyone can enter. Yes. Our international listeners. This one's for you. (laughs) (laughs) And now in my head, I've got pump up the volume, pump up the volume. (laughs) Jeez, I, I'd swear for some reason I've been listening to like radio and classic 80s music. And, and I'm listening music. I'm listening to 90s music. We've got to move up to the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is going to be our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening to the podcast on your smartphone, just be sure to hit that little subscribe or follow button. And uh, that way you don't miss an episode. And if you don't mind, please just leave us a review and let us know what you think. Your reviews... One million percent matter. We do look at them. So please leave a review. Yes. And until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, sometimes the only way out is to go through. Facing your demons head on may be your deepest, darkest moment. But just like the forest fire, it may yield a fresh start that is needed to move on. 